introduction to the show, the episode, the podcast episode. I saw this movie, uh, Tusk. Well, I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched like the first hour of it because it was awful. I don't know if anybody's bothered to see that movie. It's a Kevin James or Kevin Smith movie. And you watch it thinking that, well, I mean, I didn't really know what to expect. I had heard plenty of awful things about it. Um, but I seen Clerks and I was like, okay, you know, I'll give him credit. Um, really horribly done movie. I mean, on, on so many levels. The, the camera work was awful. The directing was awful. The acting and the dialogue were unbearable. And then they had this grotesque, like, human body part stitched together like walrus. And he had, like, te- it, it was some of the most disturbing, grotesque shit ever. This is not a movie you want to get stoned before watching. Oh, my God. Um, anyways, in that movie, the guy is a podcaster. Uh, that was that was that was the connection that was the correlation that um and after watching that movie um i have a really hard time taking what i'm doing seriously um (laughs) really um i don't know anyways the episode today i was i just wanted to talk about tusks i didn't have anything to talk about this morning um or this episode Uh, my guest today Camila, Jesus fucking Christ, Coleman, why do you have a podcast if you can't pronounce any of your guests' names? Camila, no, yes, Camila, right? Kalima, 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 Kalia, Kal, Kalima, Kalima, Kalima. This is what happens when you get a retard mic. Um, so yeah, this is the episode. We actually had a really good, interesting conversation. Um, he he discussed uh, a lot, of, you know, everything with music. He he knew Ontario Phoenix. Um, well, he he's well not new. They're cousins, um, and he was kind of in the background when we did that episode. So I wanted to get him on, and I was genuinely surprised with uh, the conversation we had and the things we talked about. We went on a lot of different avenues, including music, his experiences. Um, we talked about smoking cigarettes, which I thought was, I really like talking about that kind of stuff, like, uh, because my year anniversary of cigarettes came up, so it was kind of interesting to, like, you know, talk about the struggle of it and, you know, all that. Um, and we talked about, you know, uh, court punishment, um, abuse, uh, abortion, um, and it was, it was just, it was, we went into a lot, you know, we went to a lot of interesting avenues, and I really appreciate it because I feel like sometimes I have guests on, and not that they're bad people, but I just feel like I sense I can't necessarily go down those avenues with them. And this was a guy I felt like I could. So, um, really awesome episode. Um, and this is actually probably an episode that's better to listen to than watch because I was going back and looking at the YouTube video today, the stream, and my audio's delayed for the first time. It it's never been that bad. But this one is just awful. So this is definitely an episode you want to listen to versus watch. Um, but we had no audio difficulties today, as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, because we did the whole street two hours. I didn't take a break, so we didn't take a break. All right, anyways, um, I'll shut the fuck up. Here's the episode, everybody.
Kalima. Yeah. I, I I was like, I fucked it up the first time I put it up and I put Kalmia and I was like, I didn't say it's right. okay. It's okay. <laughs> Once people hear what it is and like where it's from, they're like, oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> but before, yeah, and on, on all the tags that I have, um, people are like, because uh, I used to be, I used to tag everything, your boy Kalima. So when uh, they would read it, they'd be like, Yabo, Yabo, Kali. What? <laughs> but that's why I kind of shortened. That's why I kind of shortened it down a little bit when I started tagging stuff because don't want to confuse everybody. So I guess let's ask that right off the bat. Where's that name come from? How's what's the origin of that? Um, so it's a double entendre. Um, it comes from the Planet of the Apes. Mm. The holy city of the Planet of the Apes is Kali Ma. Mm. so that's the first layer which is yo i got them bars bro y'all should be looking at me like i'm jesus when i'm on this track <laughs> you know gotta have the cocky gotta have the cocky you know artist side but then yeah, yeah. on the other end of it the actual word kalima for for the movie comes from a sign that said caution live animal which is what i feel like i am on the track because i can eat it in a bunch of different <laughs> varieties of flavors styles it don't really matter I will get on, I will get on a a country beat. I will get on a EDM beat. It don't matter if the beat slapping. I'm japping. Period. <laughs> That's tight, man. I like that. Um, so you said you tagged. Do you like do street art? Or, oh or no, no. I just meant like I just meant uh, like um, you know, meta tagging for uh, songs and, uh, and posts and stuff like that. Yeah. Kalima four twenty. That's your Instagram, right? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> tight so uh what's some of your background are you here from des moines uh, uh yeah yeah um i was born here um raised here i actually went to molten elementary school went to north and lincoln for high school uh then i moved to california for a little bit uh for like three or four months came back um just kind of you know an average guy who figured out that he's got some <laughs> musical talent and and in tra- trying to apply the trade hell yeah did you uh did you do any music while you're in california uh no so actually i went out to california on some protect my mom stuff oh. <laughs> <laughs> she uh she met a guy um who actually ended up becoming my stepdad um she met a guy online like right around the time that the craigslist killer oh, was oh like a big was like a big ordeal type of thing you know and so i'm like mom where'd you meet dude she was like oh he lives in california i'm like ma you, you can't well i really like him and i want him to come down here and we uh i gotta meet dude like now i was like i was like 17 18 at the time so i didn't okay. realize that what i was saying was hey mom this dude might be a serial killer send me out <laughs> <laughs> so that i could be so that i could be possibly added to his list but i'd rather if you meet him my mom and honestly and that i guess is the whole moral of the story is i just went out there to make sure that my mom wasn't gonna get murderized by some dude <laughs> <laughs> some creep yeah, yeah. Damn, but that's nah, funny. he turned out to be a real good dude he's a real decent guy um has kept my mom happy for like last 10 years or something like that so well hey there you go man you know you you do always hear those like success stories shit we met online (laughs) what was it i think they say like 80 percent of people like couples in relationship now meet online yeah nobody's doing it in person anymore Mm -hmm. gotta keep six feet you can't meet people like that <laughs> Straight up, players everywhere was mad when COVID came through. Like, what? I can't get up in her ear no more. Hold up, 
messed up the game. Do, do you think they're going to double the distance by the end of the year? It's going to be oh, 12 God. feet. <laughs> I don't know. I have enough problem with these people who want they six feet. Like I gave you six feet, bro. Like I, I the demands never end. I had one lady in Walmart. She scared off two people who came up behind her, and she got to trying to go at me. And I was like, "Look, lady, just buy your food and go." <laughs> oh, you need to be six feet. I am six feet. No, you're not. Where's the tape measure? This is Walmart. Get the tape measure. Because as much as you want to be petty, I'll be petty with you. Come on. Six feet. Mark it out. And then so she like called for a manager and tried to care in me. And I was like, nah, bro. She just did this to three other people. I'm not moving. She can pay for her stuff and go. Or she can go to a different line and go or something. But I got in this line and I didn't do nothing wrong. They was like, yep, lady, let's take you over this way. Go ahead, sir. Have a good day. Thank you. People have nothing better to do. Uh, COVID has really like um, empowered the people who are like like the Karens or like mm-hmm. the hall monitor type mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they're having a paradise right now. They have like this card mm-hmm. to just like call anyone out. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I mean, I get it. When I'm at work, mask up. When yeah. I'm out and about in somebody else's workplace, mask up. I definitely do it and, and whatnot. But like, when people are selective with it is when I really start to have issue. Like a lady came into one of my jobs and was like talking all slick to one of my employees. Cause I'm a manager and I'm like, no, you're not going to talk to my employee like that. We'll get that taken care of for you. But you know, speak to my workers with some respect. And she was like, Oh, and they don't have no masks on. Da-da-da-da. I was like, hold up. First off, she does have the mask on. Now, granted, you need to pull the mask up. <laughs> but first off, and secondly, neither do you. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, so what are we talking about? <laughs> you should provide that. Yeah, no, I mean, I will, but like. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, that's hypocritical as fuck, man. Yeah, that's funny, though. I like it. I, I mean, that's that. you have to find something funny to laugh at, especially in the service <laughs> industry. So, like, yeah, you look foolish. <laughs> yeah, food service is rough, man. I did that for, like, five and a half years. And I can't imagine what uh, COVID has done to that. I imagine it's just twice as stressful. <laughs> yes yes doordash drivers are very entitled um people just don't realize that you're doubling up on places that don't have a uh, lobby service you're doubling up the drive-through sometimes tripling because other places are closed mm-hmm. um then there's the added like i used to work at five guys mm-hmm. and they didn't have uh they don't have a drive-through or anything like that but then we're introduced to a delivery service through DoorDash and Grubhub with the COVID stuff. And so now it's like, oh, no, we have drive through numbers on DoorDash or on um, curbside pickup. So, like, not it's not easy for us to just hand it out the window. We actually have to walk it out of the store mm. to you, put different gloves on every time we enter and exit. Really? The door. Yeah. All of that stuff. Jesus. And people are like, oh, where's my food, bruh? <laughs> <laughs> Just work with me here. Yeah. Just work with me here. Just hold on. You're going to get your food. You're going to get your food. I get it. You're hangry. <laughs> but just cut me a break. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. All the COVID scare shit has been nuts, man. You know, going back to that situation with that lady, like all you can, all you can do during this time of COVID is control yourself. 
Like, oh yeah, it, it, it's crazy the liberties that people take where they they think that they can control the environment around them mm-hmm. and they can you know yell at people and scream at people and it's like mm-hmm. you know like you are taking a risk being in this environment mm-hmm. you are mm-hmm. you yourself are choosing to come to the store if yeah. you don't like it the, the, don't. like Hy-Vee does pick up Walmart does pick up there's plenty of alternative solutions mm-hmm. if you're and I said the same thing when COVID started like why why can't people if they're willing to take their own risk why can't you just let them take the risk mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I don't know That's okay I can't <laughs> wait to see the uh in 10 years start seeing the did you take the COVID-19 vaccine <laughs> Did you go deaf in one ear? (laughs) You might deserve compensation. (laughs) Call us now at Hubie and Abraham. (laughs) Dude, Uh, it's going to be true, though. uh, People are going to be going to doctor's appointments. And and it'd be like, there's something wrong. It's from the COVID-19 vaccine. Oh man, that's funny. Are you? Gonna, I, I, I'm guessing that you're not going to get that. Or... I am not a fan of vaccines in the first place. Yeah, me neither. Uh, I mean, I get how they're supposed to work, and if I could trust my government to not lie to me, then maybe I could trust vaccines. But mm, that's my problem too. Anything I can't, I don't, I don't know exactly what it is that you're putting into me. You told me that you gave me X, Y, and Z vaccine, and I can look it up and see what the listed ingredients are. But that don't mean you ain't put something else in there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh, that's how the zombies are going to have it. Like, all that. I'm not, uh-uh, I'm not with none of that. And also, I am a Christian. And there is, in my religion, this thought of a microchip going into your body somewhere, somehow. And that being part of the mark of the beast and the end times and all that. And I'm not risking it. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> can't convince me yeah i you know i i shouldn't i like i wouldn't say i'm like an anti-vaxxer because there are obviously vaccines that have yeah. been tested enough and gone through enough time that we know that it's mm-hmm. okay but mm-hmm. covid is not the case no not the case not the case <laughs> it happens so fast so fast I, i'm i am not looking forward to the conversations i'm gonna have with my family when they're like have you gotten the vaccine yet? Like, yeah. <laughs> it just came out. <laughs> yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> I get an email every 10 minutes. <laughs> I, I think you should treat your vaccines like you treat your consoles. You don't buy it when it first comes out. <laughs> because there's always a glitch. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, That's snap. funny. I'm just saying. <laughs> I did my research. You are the research. Well, um, the the I know the one. I think it might have been Moderna or no Fi- Pfizer. I think Pfizer. They um reportedly have had issues with previous vaccines mm. of the production being rushed. Mm. And mm. what what was Johnson Johnson was giving mm-hmm. the clots right? I think. Well, I mean, they can't even get baby powder right though. So like. <laughs> 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 yeah how much fucking plastics and everything you know man like all we wanted was something to dry up pee from the baby keep us fresh and you gave us cancer <laughs> uh, you know another thing is like the ma- how the you know the those disposable masks like the amount of waste that's being produced by that is insane like it's like scattered among like like when you like are walking you see trash mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. scattered amongst that now mm-hmm. it's like a you know a it's bag like a of beer chips bottle or, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 people are not really i feel like people are not really thinking the big picture when they're 
making all these decisions. No, 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 no. Uh, maybe their big picture is different than ours. Like I said, it's the government, man. I mean, I might sound a little crazy, a little conspiracy, conspiracy, but like, nah, nah. They they definitely got a whole. They play in a whole different game than we are, and we're not even pawns on their board. We just happen to be there. <laughs> just along for the ride yeah literally yeah. just like it's very much like the game of thrones which i just watched for the second time but um it definitely is there's a bunch of people who got money names and lands and they're all vying to get more of all of those same things and oh we'll throw eight hundred thousand people at this experiment <laughs> we'll 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 test this out on the entire population because well, well, we kill hundreds of thousands of people overseas every year, so yeah. I don't think we really give a shit about no, that. No, not at all. Not at all. At, at the fuck all. So, go, so going back to your music, uh, when did you get started on that? Like, what, how old were you? And like, what's like, what's your influences and style with all that? So I was, I'd say about fourteen, fifteen. Okay. Um, my mom's an English teacher. Mm. So That's I tight. always did, yeah, I always did poetry and stuff like that. I actually had a chance to be um, published in a poetry anthology book, but I was 14 and irresponsible. So I didn't, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make the deadline to submit the paper. <laughs> Kicking myself now as an adult, yes. Yeah. But, um, like but then I also played in the band and my dad um, was self-taught on keyboard, drums, saxophone, and some guitar. So wow. we actually had a whole band worth of instruments in our basement. And then I was in the high school band. So one day I was actually listening to, I think it was the soundtrack for Jurassic Park while mm. doing a poetry assignment for English. And I was like, yo, this kind of go to the beat. Hold up. Hey, <laughs> did I just learn how to rap? And I'm, I'm 32. So back in the day, it was way harder to get a beat tape. You couldn't mm-hmm. just go on, on on YouTube and rip 18 beats in 20 minutes and <laughs> just do what you do. You had to find somebody who like had who made beats. And in Des Moines, that's not, especially back then, is not common. Yeah. And so I had one CD that my friend Tyler gave me. And it had some... Lil Wayne and Birdman beats on it and then it had some other just internet beats on it and it was like having a, a cheat sheet which again some of you younger cats don't know what that is but back in the day we couldn't just go to IGN.com and get all the cheat codes for the game we wanted mm. we had to find the piece of paper that was crinkled up and, and ripped and stained from thousands of other kids looking at it and using it and it's been passed around the whole town <laughs> so, damn <laughs> Finding a beat tape was like that. And so um, I was writing songs and then my mom noticed and bought me a um, DAW setup, a digital audio workspace Hmm. um, called Magic's Music Maker. And I started making my own beats. And from then on, it was all she wrote. Out to the races. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. so, so do you like still produce? Is that something or like those two things that, like do you are those like interchangeable do you like do both uh i do um i more focus on the lyrical part of the music than i do on the production part which Mm -hmm. is weird because i feel like i might actually be better at the production part (laughs) but um they are two different beasts for me 
they require two different types of creativity and it's weird because for me it's hard for me to write on beats that i created myself okay that's interesting i'm critical of the beat at all times because it's one of my works and so i'm too focused on critiquing the beat every time i hear it to actually write lyrics to it so i got some i got some bangers some some bangers but i give them to my like my little brother and stuff i don't necessarily push the production part as hard there was a time i guess though um where i did um I did have like a little studio set up and I charged a little, a little bit of time. It was like 20 bucks an hour or something mm. like that, which you know ain't, ain't bad. Um, actually, I think, uh, I think you did a, a podcast with G7. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. He was there. Uh, okay. Before, yeah. That's the point. Yeah. Before he started doing his, uh, his thing with a uh, dirt nasty beats. Um, just a couple of, you know, just a couple of kids, but, um, most of my if not all of my old stuff is done by me as far as production goes um as far as the recording um you know that kind of stuff a lot of the beats were thank god for youtube (laughs) i was able to get a a bunch of beats and stuff like that um but uh as far as the actual recording production and mixing and mastering and all of that stuff that all me and you can hear it like i leave i probably shouldn't but I leave some of my older songs up um, because I like people to be able to see the the progression. Like, okay, I agree. This one sounds a little rough around this area, but then I get to this song and oh, okay, hey, he must have got a different mic or something. I like that. Okay, I see him getting a little bit better there, and then they hit the plateau and they're like, oh, hey, this kid got some skills, and then they kind of feel like they grew with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like they were there for the whole journey, and even if you weren't actually there in actual time for the journey now you can be there for the journey through the music so yeah i like that statement uh it's like nirvana you know like like bleach and in utero are two completely different Mm. albums Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there was so much progression that happened in between those two projects um i i like i do the same thing i try to um i guess like my first mixtape i ever did it's just kind of on soundcloud i don't really because i think it's crap Mm -hmm. um but, you know, yeah, I, I did, like, end up reposting some of my old music because I think that's important. I think it's important for people to, you know, or even, you know, even if you, like, say something stupid, mm-hmm. it, you know, people can, like, go back and say, hey, he, you know, he said this thing or, you know, this beat wasn't that good or whatever. But, like you said, you see him progress and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's better to see that journey than, like, to be the person who's, like, trying to delete everything and try to, like, mm-hmm. create I was this... always the bomb. Yeah. No, no, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were not. There are a few of, there are a few people out there, yes. And as far as freestyling goes, I will say I was, as soon as I figured out I could rap, I've always been a bomb at freestyling. But as far as writing goes, no, that's two totally different things. Mm-hmm. Two completely different things. So how does that work for you then? Like what, like when you, like, do you do a lot of freestyle still? Or? Mm, yes, but not, um, not recorded. Okay. Ooh, excuse me. Ooh. <laughs> um, I will freestyle to keep myself sharp. Okay. In the car. Mm. Got a beat that I'm rocking to, you know what I'm saying? Or, or socializing with friends and beats on, you know my brother all my brothers rap some of my sisters rap like music is just in the family so like 
I could bust out. It's a musical. I could <laughs> I could bust out <laughs> in a freestyle at any time. But as far as um, recording, it's been a long, long, long time since I just recorded a freestyle, and I'm not sure why, honestly. Um, hmm. I'm not sure. I think it it may be just a mental thing. Sometimes when I get in front of the microphone and every single time I get on stage, I get stage fright, period. I feel that. Adrenaline <laughs> rushes through. And even though I know the songs, it's, yo, what if you just, I mean, you know the songs, but you're a human, bro. You can mess up. <laughs> what happens if you mess up? Ooh, they gotta know. They gotta laugh. And I'm like, nah, nah, I'm not that famous. They're really not gonna know. <laughs> they probably won't laugh. <laughs> like, well, I hope not, because they'll get roasted. But still, like, this went Yo, from, fuck you. I'm not. <laughs> this went from a rap show to a comedy show real quick, because you laughing, but I don't see you on the stage, bro. What's up? Come up here. We can battle. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, like I was at the show last night and, uh, you know, the, there are certain artists who like, I don't know how you feel about like background vocals mm. and like when you're performing, but like some people like abuse it. Mm-hmm. Like they mm-hmm. like it's to the point where they're just not rapping at all. Mm-hmm. They're lip syncing. Yeah. Um, personally, most of my show tracks, unless I'm rushed in or don't have um, access to certain certain beats anymore, um, have no background vocals other than ad-libs harmonies and the chorus Hmm. i leave the chorus in so that i can breathe especially if i'm doing four or five songs something like that it's very important to be able to pace yourself to give quality Mm -hmm. show for the entire set and instead of or because i'm not to the level where people know my songs and they will sing the choruses then I leave the course in a helps them learn the song helps them learn the course because they hear it in its perfect production sound without, you know, any distortion from the microphone mm. or me being out of breath from performing or anything like that. Um, and then it, again, it gives me a chance to breathe, recollect myself, think about what's coming up next in the show. Because when I do shows, I bring my own stage, my own stage equipment, my own mm. FX, everything, smoke machines, laser sh- machines, oh, wow. that kind Damn. of stuff. Yeah. I don't, I don't play. Um, <laughs> nuts. yeah, no, uh, I've done, I've done a little bit of, I've done a little bit of research into it and it is just like everything else. You have to have the tools that you need. And I want to be able to, there was a time I do it with the mechanic work that I did. I do mechanic work on the side. I always Hmm. have my tools with me, (laughs) but I do, I did it the same way that I did my mechanic stuff, which is literally I would ride around with an entire performance ready to go in the back of the car so that at any point in time, if somebody was like, Hey, I know from so-and-so that you do music, I need you to come over here real quick and boom, boom, and it won't be just a hodgepodge he got on stage and there was a body up there and they was doing a song it was dude came he had lights he had smoke his eyes was glowing did i see lights on the bottom of his shoes that man is grown why he got light up shoes like (laughs) (laughs) i want you know i want to be able to actually put on a show this is music entertainment this is the entertainment industry music is part of entertainment yes but a actual show is audio and visual so Hmm. and tactile actually if you can figure out a way to physically give the audience 
something to mm. feel and and correlate with you whether or not it's a t-shirt or a keychain or something like that it actually goes a long way hmm. yeah it is i guess it is those like little things huh that really that make you stand out that's insane i don't think i've ever heard of an artist um carrying around their own smoke machine <laughs> and that kind of stuff that's pretty legit <laughs> so uh you talk about performing like how many times have you performed what's been your experiences with that uh I mean, I've been doing it a while, so I've performed a, a good number of times. I wouldn't say it's, like, the, in the hundreds or anything like that, but I don't know, maybe, like, 50 or so. Wow. Um, from Damn. the time I was 16 until now, so, like, 16 years, <laughs> something like that. Um, but uh, most recently, uh, um, I went to, actually, um, I was here, well, in your other spot, but um, with... Uh, phoenix mm -hmm. yep he did his and so i actually went to um the atlanta thing with him mm, okay and uh went down there and that was uh that was the second trip that i took that year the uh first one was to arizona that was just on a different like work thing but i still networked always network i um i'm out of business cards haven't had some for a while which is me slacking <laughs> being lazy but um always networking it's easy to um make the business card obsolete when i have a qr generator so mm. on my phone so like oh you do music yep i don't give you my name i don't do none of that other stuff because that i'm again i'm i know what level i'm on i'm not at the level where when you google my name it's the first one that comes up it's not that you need to get directly to me mm. qr code if you got an iphone or any kind of android like mm -hmm. boop and it pulls this out or the spotify page up right there um I can do it so that it does it for a specific song. So, like, mm. if I'm pushing one song for a while, then I'll use that one, that kind of stuff. But always networking. So I went to Arizona, went to um, Atlanta, and then I went and performed um, at a contest um, in Tampa for um, the Super Bowl. It wasn't mm. Super Bowl sponsored, but it was marketed as a Super Bowl party. Um, I didn't win, but I didn't expect to. There was a bunch of people there. But um, definitely made a lot of good connections. Um, mm. Again, always, always networking, finding out people that you can um, link what you have to with what they have. I didn't even really talk to a lot of artists. Um, I talked to the vendors that were there. Mm. There was a there was a purveyor of marijuana products, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, they um you know caught my caught my segment and we were chopping it up and so you know we had discussion about maybe doing a show for one of their um events that they're doing later this summer and hmm. things like that um there was a hand-rolled cigar salesman my dad likes cigars so picked up his card and who knows you know reach out to him one day and hey do a do a track with you i got you know some because he was a, a hispanic gentleman and they were cu cuban cigars so i'm going to assume that he was cuban that's <laughs> <laughs> probably wrong of me but, <laughs> but, <How dare> you <laughs> appropriate. but i'm just gonna take the context clues <laughs> <laughs> and so you know i got i got hispanic friends and and you know maybe one of them rapping boom now i can now i can connect somebody that is close to me with somebody that might be able to help them they can do commercials or something for that person or you know something like that or maybe i'll smoke your cigars in my videos exclusively for a year and mm. i'll push the brand and you throw me a little bit of sponsorship money or something like that like always thinking 
for that kind of stuff. Now, did I talk to artists? Yes, mm. of course. I'm an artist. I always want to talk to the other artists. <laughs> how did you do that? I like how, how that sound went. I need your sound on one of my projects. But also talking to the businesses because, again, it is music and business. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely defines you know that's the difference between like people who are serious about it and people who are just you know by a mic and they're like oh, i'm gonna be a rapper <laughs> <laughs> you know but um but no man that's uh that's really cool all those um all those experiences fuck give me give me a cigar <laughs> yeah, exactly do you, do you smoke cigars i do um with my dad and on other special occasions mm-hmm. like when my little brother had his first child mm-hmm. um you know that kind of stuff uh but uh they 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 are a real man's a real man's <laughs> smokable lately <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot it's a lot you know I, yeah. I didn't know you wasn't really supposed to inhale him like that when i first like yeah oh that oh, fucks man, you up dude yeah you're like hitting blunts and joints and you know and you try to do that like, <laughs> everything comes out your whole soul just leaves your body like you know what have that i'm done <laughs> I uh, I used to smoke cigarettes. No, I still so do. oh, you still do? Damn, yeah. that yeah. sucks. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it really does. I quit. That's that's why it sucks. I quit for two years. Oh damn! And you went you went yeah, back. Yeah, the job Shit. the job situation like. Oh uh, okay. So I, it, was, I was, it was stress. Well, I was working at Five Guys and. I really noticed, yo, cigarette smokers get fourteen breaks throughout their yeah. shift. Jesus Christ, it's a lot. Like, <laughs> well, I, t- to be fair at the five guys that i was working at we was on our shit like we were being 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 orders out orders mm. in so if one or two people dropped off to have a cigarette break real quick it really wasn't you know nothing but when you're not also one of the people who are dropping out to have a cigarette break real quick then you're like hold on bitch <laughs> <laughs> Wait Damn. just a wait just a motherfucking second. So you telling me that because you're addicted to nicotine, <laughs> you get extra break? Well, fuck it. Where's the cigarette at? <laughs> hey, I'm an alcoholic. Can I get about to about to drink? Oh my god. <laughs> Damn. You know, you always hear jokes about that, but like you're you're probably the first person I've met who actually starts smoking because of break. Look, no, for real. <laughs> For real, because it didn't start out necessarily as oh, I'm gonna go out there and smoke on the break, but you only they really only give you like a quick five, you know, five six minutes. Hurry up, smoke the cigarette. When you go out there, somebody else is out there, and they're like, "Oh, you want a square?" And as somebody who used to smoke, it's like, "Ah, oh, no, I'm good." And then the next half hour is really rough to you, and you get. 400 people through the door and you don't want to smoke no weed on the job because you on the job mm. and they offer you a cigarette on the next five or six minute little break that you get you're like you know what motherfucker hand me that newport <laughs> <laughs> for when these doordash drivers catch these hands hand over the cancer i don't care anymore <laughs> don't care i'm dying slow the cancer will kill me fa- faster yeah. than this job is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything uh, universe i don't want cancer this is a joke we don't <laughs> <laughs> shit yeah. it's hard though man uh like the only reason i quit is because of lsd like <laughs> <laughs> i i like five and a half years and i always i always worry about like going like like that situation like that like finding myself in a situation where i just go back to it 
Yeah. And like there there is a part of me that like will always miss that. Like those moments where you just like and, you know, Molly gives me shit. It's like you can go outside without a cigarette. I'm like, that's not the point. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Like, go, like stepping outside for a cigarette, lighting up. It's the, it's a, it's an experience. It's a, it really is a whole thing. You pack the square, you get it out. It has that smell when you first open the cigarette pack, and then you light the cigarette, and that has a different smell than when you actually start smoking it. Mm. And then you got the hand motions, and it's all a sacred ritual <laughs> for de-stressing quickly. <laughs> damn i will say though when you quit like the smell of other people oh, smoking God. is like insane uh there was a lady smoking like three houses down and, and i stepped t- out and i could fucking smell <laughs> it wasn't even windy or anything <laughs> i get it i get it i really do i'm very respectful with my cigarette smoking now mm. versus like how i used to be and i don't smoke quite as much cigarettes that's like, good and I can tell that I like physically. The thing that made me stop smoking was um, a. I was um, starting to feel the effects of the smoke. Mm. Like, I would hit the cigarette, and I'd be like, "Damn, my chest feels heavy. I just don't." Uh-uh. And I had just at that the time that that started happening, I had just had my first kid. She was probably like one and a half, two years old, and um, I'm like, "Yo." <laughs> I gotta be around. <laughs> there's a there's a, a life that that depends on me. Yeah. Um, and then my it was easy because my best friend at the time um, was going or quit smoking cigarettes so that mm. he could improve his voice because we were doing music together and he was the singer and so you know he needed to keep his instrument his tool in good shape. Mm, um, but he's got amazing self-discipline because he literally was like nope i don't smoke cigarettes no more and did not damn and he just did that on his own yeah That's i'm cool. like damn bro and he was on me like nah bro if you buy a pack of squares we box it <laughs> sometimes you need friends like that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. real talk sometimes you need friends like that but um but yeah no nah, i don't I, I don't enjoy necessarily smoking cigarettes but i had a friend who uh he would go out with friends and while well, they have smoked and he would ask for a cigarette and then he would just break it <laughs> see and that's the weird thing i used to be that kid swear to god 10 year old curtis look dude hide your cigarettes because you're grown and i'm not and i know that my dad is bigger than anybody in this room so i will come up and take your whole pack of cigarettes and snap it in half and i literally did that as a kid and then when they looked at me as an adult like did this little motherfucker just snap my cigarettes in half (laughs) i look at him and i'd be like yo bro i just saved your life do you know how bad that is for you and then they'd be looking at me like okay kid you're right but still you just that costs money and yeah. then i never really had because everybody knew who my dad was so i never really had anybody like give me no problem about it but like as an adult who smokes cigarettes <laughs> i now understand how disrespectful that was kid you're not saving any lives uh-uh, no. you're, you're not allowing like I'm, i can't save money you're doing the opposite of saving me motherfucker i'm just gonna go buy another one <laughs> <laughs> so where are you at now like what how much do you smoke uh like a day half pack not even damn like well, that's that's not bad yeah no i smoke maybe maybe two whole cigarettes a day like oh, that's not, that's yeah, not no, bad no, no i don't i don't really i don't really how's that pack a day i used to be at two pack of newport 100 holy shit yeah. mm-hmm. god damn mm-hmm. dude mm-hmm. you might already have cancer you might be <laughs> 
I don't know, man. I haven't. I don't trust doctors, so I would know. <laughs> no, I, 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 uh, I, I, I guess I trust doctors, but being mechanic is like being a car doctor. So mm. I understand how iffy a diagnosis really can be. There's literally 300 things that could be causing you to cough right now. Mm. We're eliminating 150 of them because they're rare. We're going to eliminate another 50 because you don't live in a third world country. <laughs> okay, so now we got another 50. That's still a lot. It's <laughs> still a lot. There's and some... my dad told me this. He fucked my head up with this one. Not every doctor got good grades in school. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so you got A plus doctors and you got C doctors. <laughs> And you don't necessarily know which one you got. <laughs> I was just going to say, there's some fucking crackpot doctors, man. <laughs> oh, it messed me up. I've, um, <clears throat> um, I, now, this is something that I guess I don't necessarily talk about a lot. Um, I used to be somewhat ashamed of it because I'm a, what do they call it? A cis heterosexual male or something. I'm very ag. Uh, well, yeah, yes. Yeah. Was it cisgender? I'm very, or whatever. I'm very ag. I don't get me wrong. I love my transgender people. Obviously, my cousin Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, but my the way I was brought up was very me man, me no cry. <laughs> yeah. we, you know that kind of way. So but, toxic masculinity, yeah. as they say. Um, but uh, I, as a kid. My brother, when I first started smoking weed, I got stupid baked and was like stuck in the chair. And my brother decided that he wanted to give me a like five minute purple nurple. <laughs> and if you can see on my arm here, oh, how I ketoid. So that's called ketosis or something like that. But um, my scar tissue is raised. So he scarred underneath the skin, my chest. And so from the time I was like 16 to like 23 24 i had like an eight cup titty on one side <laughs> <That's it. laughs> now this relates because when i went to the surgeon to finally get it taken care of i asked him what is gpa <laughs> i said he said do you have any other questions for me i was like yeah what was your gpa in school <laughs> He was like in in high school? No, in medical school. The most recent one. Yeah, That's I don't one. give a fuck about high school. <laughs> I need to know what your report card with that scalpel say, bro. He said, "Oh, I think I had like a four Okay, we can we can work with that. We can work with that. <laughs> he probably made that up. If you say, "I think no, I have four Well, I don't know. Again, I grew I feel like you would know. Yeah. I grew up very well. I don't. Maybe I shouldn't, but he was he was uh, a um, Arab man, maybe from India or something like that. And as doctors, I tend to trust them a little bit more. <laughs> I really do. It's, it's a, they're smart people. Yeah, it's call, true. Call it a racist comment if you want, but it's nice racism. Shoot. <laughs> no, I mean, no. There's something to that though. Like, uh, you know, people underestimate, uh, you know, doctors from other countries. Like, mm -hmm. if you think about it, like they're from another country, and the you know there might be that language barrier, but usually when that's the case it's like because they're one of the best in the country mm -hmm. so it's it's like the opposite well and not only that they became the best 
in a country where maybe there's not as much technological advancement mm, as in not. our country, which means that there they were operating on a level that was on par with our doctors with half the support, half the half the equipment to do the tests the right way. And they were still saving as many, if not more lives. Yeah. And now you're bringing them into a situation where they went from having a rusty screwdriver to having a an entire construction crew with with cranes and all that at their mm. disposal to get the job done. And so not to mention Americans are lazy as hell. <laughs> and we're dumb. We're dumb. And say lazy. what you want about other other cultures, but they are still very disciplined. A lot of other cultures are still very disciplined and that comes through in every aspect of life from schoolwork to to their marital practices and things like that they might seem strange to us the the traditions might seem a little out of step with what we normally do but w when you look at it without the filter of i'm an american on they are very honorable in a lot of the things they do and they even put like some japanese families still will commit honorable suicide for failure damn usually in un the underworld but <laughs> but <laughs> but even that. even even for that to be a cultural thing that had ever happened if you failed your lord in ancient japan you would kill yourself literally in the most honorable way possible and and it would be celebrated as okay well he may have failed me as you know in this in this task that i gave him but um his honor and his family's honor is still intact because he understood that at this point in time, that's punishable by death. And so, but when you, when, when that's what your culture comes out of is supreme discipline to the point of giving your life. It's no wonder that they're leaps and bounds ahead yeah. of us in certain areas. Japan, technologically speaking, Japan's is leaps and bounds ahead oh, of yeah. what American people have at their disposal. Yeah, man. Yeah, for real. Um, <clears throat> though, you know, like Asians, you know, despite, you know, what popular belief, like Asians actually are succeeding extremely well in the mm -hmm. American culture. Mm -hmm. um, it, before the, the shooting, um, you know, because the yeah. narrative kind of changed them. But like th mm -hmm. there were colleges and things actually enforcing like racist practices mm -hmm. against Asians because mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. they were doing too well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it, like you know, there is something to that culture. Like mm -hmm. very disciplined. I knew a I knew an Asian guy when I was in high school, and he was he was a violinist. Like probably one of the best performers to this day I've ever, mm -hmm. I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And his <laughs> he would practice right, and his mother would take pots and pans and bang them right mm -hmm. in his face mm -hmm. while he was <laughs> so and like you better not miss a note miss yep. a step miss a beat none of that my dad was very um very similar when he had me in wrestling um mm. i i probably i don't like to toot my own horn too much but i probably did have potential to be like an olympic wrestler or something like that and i know my dad did he had four state championships and and all kinds of things like his whole life they actually um he has a book written about him by one of his coaches that's published. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. But um, I would, from the age of five years old, go to his four wrestling practices that he went to every single day. And <laughs> I would wrestle with him in his college wrestling club and then go and compete in the five, four or five-year-old 
little a version of wrestling and just dominated just <laughs> just dominated there was one kid his last name was fisher and he did this move where he would take my wrist fully extend the arm put his forehead in my elbow and push and my only option was roll over or break my arm and i finally got out and when i finally got out i gave that man the business but he is the only person who consistently gave me l's the entire time that I was hmm. was was wrestling, but I was only that good because of the dedication, the the discipline that was brought to that, which again is um, very much like a lot of those other cultures. From the time of birth, this is what you are going to do, and so we are going to steep you and 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 bathe you in it every moment of every day. Damn, I didn't even know they did wrestling for people that young. Mm-hmm. Five hmm. years old damn five years old well hey it's, i mean it's like it's kind of like tiger woods you know i mean that guy was fucking like he was basically abused <laughs> into into like you know into his level of success i mean they did to michael jackson too so yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um di- uh jesus christ i just lost my fucking name oh uh when, when uh did you wrestle in high school no uh okay. so after after middle school um my mom and dad got divorced and um Love you, Pops, but he was a totalitarian, literally, like, his way or the highway. Mm. Um, I got my ass whooped. Now, I won't say that he was intentionally abusive. Um, However, according to today's standard, he Mm. would be considered abusive. And, in fact, um, part of today's standard is set because of the case that we had. Um. So from middle school to high school, actually, from the beginning of middle school on, my parents weren't together. And for the most part of that, I was with my mom. Um, they, long story short, I got into a lot of, a bunch of trouble as a kid. And mm. my dad comes from a family of 21. His mom is from Arkansas. And so they believe in corporeal punishment which i also believe in i will spank the shit out of my kids if they get out of line period um but um he was also a very um he's got a very machiavellian mindset he's very mm-hmm. very intelligent first uh, well one of the first of his um 21 siblings to go to college and um he majored in uh history with um special focus on african-american history Mm. um so he always tried to make every ass whooping a lesson as well so it's not like it was senseless violence or anything like that Mm. he just reinforced the message with (laughs) 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 with so i got into a bunch of trouble um i think i like stolen and cheated on a test and i definitely tried to blow a car up (laughs) holy shit (laughs) I don't I I I put matches in the gas tank. I didn't light the match. I was ten. I <laughs> I don't know. Did, did what gave you this idea? Did you uh, not like the person? A, you no, were just it like was a random car. I was bored at the bus stop. It was probably a movie. <laughs> Low key, I was a, I was a pyromaniac. I almost burnt down the house a couple of times. But um, so all this came out to light, and so. I went to my mom's house because as a kid who has the option of go to 
which parent's house you're always going to pick whichever house you're not in trouble at (laughs) 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 and so my dad didn't force me to come back or anything like that he waited until i came back and he was like okay well since you left it up to chance on uh, when he was gonna get this ass whooping we gonna leave up to chance how bad this ass whooping gonna be so he took a dice and he rolled it and he rolled the dice and it hit six so he took out six more dice he said now you have to roll all these dice and whatever that adds up to and bro it came up to like 27 or 32 or something like that it was bad and um so he beat my ass he gave me well he didn't really give me the full 27 lashes after about like five he started like double and triple counting but um the belt that he used came from a uniform that he had because he also did Civil War reenactment plays. Oh, and so it was like a four inch thick leather piece <gasps> of belt. And I mean, I took it like a G as best I could, you know what I'm saying? There was some tears shed, you know, but the bruises that were left were literally from like back of the kneecap up to like, oh, geez, yeah. Christ. So they came and pulled me out of school after my mom said something about it and took pictures and all that stuff and that's where we get our 24 hour um no bruise rule Mm. so yeah but i still at now now let me say as a person who got the shit beat out of him (laughs) (laughs) i fully back physical punishment um i was literally kept out of situations because people wouldn't even ask me Oh, you want to go steal this card? No, we not asking him that. You're not coming, bro. Your dad will kill you. Like, that's to the point where it wasn't. My dad would come to the school, and he would beat my ass in front of the whole class. Like, oh, you want to act a fool in front of everybody? You're going to get embarrassed in front of... And I... As, as It probably was traumatic, but I agree with it because I physically know I'm the person who didn't make the bad choice because I was not going to let that happen to me again. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, like... I uh, but I definitely believe that there is a a bit of a difference in the way that I apply um, physical punishment than the way that my dad does. Um, Don't use a four inch belt. No, first off, no, 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 no. I I think I've only spanked my kids with a belt like one time, um, and that is for special occasions of just buffoonery. Yeah. Um, but most of the time, it's the hand. Um, usually I just smack their hands, but if I have to have to smack their butt, then maybe three or four swats. Um, but I don't do it while I'm angry or upset about the situation, mm-hmm. or at least I try not to. I'm a human. I'm not perfect. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I'm not going to act like I am, but for the most part, they did something wrong. I'm not really mad at them, but I do have to show them that they you know what they did was wrong. I explained to them, this is why you're getting spanked. They never get spanked. If I didn't have, like, I hadn't already told them about the situation, like, don't do this because of this, this, and this, or do this because of mm, this, this, and this, and I then see. they don't do it, and then the next time that that repeats itself, then it's, well, I told you, you know, so now, you know, you have to get a punishment. Now, it's not always a spanking, but mm. uh, since that's what we're talking about, um, then, you know, they get their little spanks, then um, I give them the option to get a hug if they want one. Some kids, some of my kids are sensitive, others are not. (laughs) And um, then they're no longer in trouble. They're not grounded anymore. They're not, they're not, there's nothing else that is going to happen to them. Mm. The punishment is over. Um, And sometimes I even give them the option, like my, my two, my two favorite physical forms of punishment are holding heavy objects out like this until your arms want to drop off. Um, 
and then the other one, favorite that I use is well, I shouldn't say favorite, but <laughs> other one that I favor is the spanking. But um, the kids have their preference. My son would rather take an ass whip and then hold stuff out like this. Mm. He's like, look, bro. <laughs> He's tried it. Literally, like two weeks ago, he was holding something out. He was like, mm, nah, give me the whipping. Give me the whipping. Can I change my mind? Give me the whipping. All right. Because they know that I'm not going to, I'm not beating them. You know, like, I'm not really going to hurt them. They're going to feel some pain from getting spanked, but sometimes life's lessons are painful. <laughs> Damn. They are. <laughs> they are. But um, it's also. It's also a little bit of a, of a cultural thing. Like I mm. said, grandma's from the South. Yeah, yeah, I get that. So, um, like, do, do you, I don't know if this is too personal, but like, do you, do you hold like any resentment toward your father for any of that? Yes, <laughs> yes. And we work on it every day. We oh, work yeah, on it every day. And I literally just went through a, uh, like a six month period of not talking to him because, uh, oh, Jesus. So, long, long, long story short, there was a girl. She was a slut. I got my feelings hurt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, in the midst of getting my feelings hurt, I was finna go hurt some people. And I called one of my brothers for a little bit of backup because the person that I was finna go fight was known to carry a gun. And mm. I didn't have no gun. So, um this man i called the wrong brother is what happened i called my brother who's a little more shooketh with life mm. he, he's not the he if i would call my other brother we would have just went down there and took care of business but um long story short i ended up having to fight my brother and my dad because they weren't going to let me go get into this confrontation with this other person and in the midst of doing that pops like cracked a rib or pulled a muscle oh or, shit or something like that on me so like i I was like, as long as my rib hurt, I ain't talking to you. <laughs> because it is, a, I, I, I have PTSD and I have, um, they call it situational depression. Mm, yeah. um, that stems from, from my interactions with my dad. And um, he triggers me. So when that happened, I was triggered and I had to step away from him for my own mental my own mental sanity and it's honestly it's not just the i think i would say the least of it would be the spanking that caused the trauma like i said dad had a machiavellian mindset he likes to play mind games and so some of my punishments that were not physical were probably worse like i was in jail at like 11 we were building a room for me in the basement i did something wrong and my punishment was a week in the bars of because it was all studded out like you know all the studs were up but no drywall or anything like that so it looked like a jail cell and i had to use a bucket for the bathroom and i only got Holy an hour shit. outside to play and i think it was i think it was the summertime or maybe like spring break or something like that but i only got an hour outside now granted the meals was infinitely better than jail meals but <laughs> but like and part of my hour of yard time was cleaning out my bucket like so that kind of thing was traumatic but yeah at the at the at the end of the day though i would not be the person that i am for all the goods and the bads that that is without that those experiences 
And so I'm, I don't hate the person I am. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. so, you know, I'm not, I'm not overly disappointed with who I have become. And so I'm not overly upset with him. And as a father, I now know that sometimes you just fuck up. <laughs> Nobody knows what the fuck they do it. <laughs> as a parent, you really don't. You just wing it. Yeah. Shit. That. God damn, I can't I can't say I've ever heard of something quite like that. <laughs> literally in prison. <laughs> My gosh. Mm-hmm. My, uh, I mean, I mean nothing compared to you know what you've told, but. My dad was definitely like more of a corporal punishment kind of guy, mm-hmm. and he definitely did some like I wouldn't necessarily describe as Machiavellian, but like he definitely kind of played you know my games and kind of like had like a power trip to him a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, that's the you know what I guess like what's your what do you say to people who like are really anti corporal punishment and you know they like no hitting? <laughs> I literally was just in an argument with some friends of mine on Facebook for like over <laughs> this subject. Of course, where all the arguments happen. All the arguments happen. <laughs> um, but first and foremost, to each their own. <laughs> you raise yours how you want to raise yours. I raise mine how I want to raise mine. Um, Come holla at me when you want to find out about a spanking after little Timmy there knocks everything off the shelf in Walmart for the fourth time and <laughs> throws his ass out on the floor and starts kicking and screaming and strips down butt naked and starts running around. Because my kids won't do that because they know that they will get fucked up in that store the moment that their eye even touches the object and they think that they're about to knock it off. They, that's the thing. They wouldn't. Ha- they won't have the thought to knock it off the off the shelf and if they do they've learned not to because they'll get fucked up (laughs) like and that's the biggest part about corporal punishment i think this is the number one thing that people who don't spank their kids need to understand when people who do spank their kids talk about spanking their kids the language that we use is infinitely worse than the action that it is describing i say i beat my kids ass i'm a grown-ass man (laughs) I'm sure that people who don't spank their kids are like, oh my God, he's punching him and and, 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 and doing the most. And in reality, I swatted him like three times and not even hard. And he's crying because his feelings are hurt, not because he's hurt. Like, what? <laughs> but that I think that is the most, that is the, the biggest thing is the way that it comes across. Because every person I know that spanks their kids, like, yeah, I'll beat that little motherfucker's ass. Like, <laughs> you're not finna act like that. And I will say this, it is a lot easier to, to, um, because they always, they always advocate, oh, communicate with your child. First off, communication requires a certain level of understanding. Certain things can't be communicated to children because they don't have that level of understanding. Mm, that's an interesting thought. Secondly, I do not have time to communicate everything. Sometimes I need you to immediately respond to what I told you to do mm. right now. Like when you're so caught up playing with your ball that rolled in the street that you run out there and there's a car coming and you don't see it. When I say stop. I need you to stop dead in your tracks like your life depends on it because it does. Hmm. And the only thing that is that that keeps any animal human because human beings ain't nothing but animals. Every animal learns quickest through pain. 
smack. Ooh, that hurt. I'm not going to do that again. Or, ooh, I ate that. Now my stomach hurts. We don't touch those. And those pain memories are so strong that they're passed on genetically. Mm. So, and then that's what becomes known as instinct. If I flash a hundred cards in front of you of different pictures at like, I don't know, remember the rate, but a, a quick rate so that it's hard to identify individual pictures, the human mind is more likely to pick up snakes and um, spiders out of any of the other random objects that could be in that deck of, of photo flashcards. Hmm. And that's because genetically we remember that those things are dangerous. Mm. Hmm. That's interesting. So when I do apply the corporal punishment, it is in the hopes that, okay, dad told me to stop. If I don't do what he says, I could get smacked or hit the brakes. Car does not hit my kid. Hmm. (laughs) You feel me? Like, and I don't know about you, but if you're a parent and you say you would do anything to protect your children and you won't smack your kid upside the head to make sure that they don't kill themselves, you won't do anything to protect your children. Hmm. Period. Now, what I don't do is pretend that I know fucking everything (laughs) with my kids. Dad fucks up, guys. And in fact, I had to let my son, quote unquote, spank me the other day (laughs) because I'm fair like that. I gave him, I taught him a bad habit of jiggling butts. (laughs) And so he was jiggling too many booties and it, it, I I know that it's not really his fault because he was taught that, but I still have to now correct that. So son, I, I have been telling you all week to stop jiggling butts and you ain't been listening so i'm gonna smack your hand she had uh, actually i wasn't i wasn't even at home my girlfriend was home so that's why i was being told about it and so so she told you three times to stop and you didn't okay well now you're gonna get three smacks but it's daddy's fault too so <laughs> you're gonna get two smacks and the third smack you get to smack daddy I mean, that's just, that's fair to me. Like, <laughs> And then I explained to him that the lesson behind that is when somebody, when you take advice from somebody, when you learn from somebody, when somebody is your mentor, they do have a responsibility to you to show you correct things. And if you are able to identify that they are not showing you correct things, you need to hold them accountable for leading you astray. Mm-hmm. I trusted you in order to teach me whatever this thing was and for him and me it's life and you gave me fucked up advice you either need to participate in fixing what i fucked up behind your advice or you need to be somehow supporting me in fixing that Mm -hmm. because i took your advice and that is i'm that it definitely comes from my interactions with my with my father um he's great at giving advice when i take it and it fucks up because my life is not his life and we go against some different challenges then he's like oh well it worked for me so motherfucker (laughs) well and another thing some parents don't understand is like your your child is always going to like naturally work against you Mm -hmm. at some point like in some degree you know Mm -hmm. it's always going to happen there's always going to be that um rebellious nature to it 
Uh, you say your father. I wanted to ask you about this. Like, I mean, like what? What's that? You kind of talked about a little bit with the corporate punishment, but like, what's it like being a parent? I always like to ask people mm-hmm. this. And like, mm-hmm. like, uh, how many kids do you have? Um, biological. I have five children. Um, my girlfriend has three kids, and Damn. then my my oldest daughter's mom had a child that I had a hand in raising until she was like seven or eight. Um, and then the slut girl who fucked my brain up, um, her son, um, I raised from the time he was like three weeks old until he was like a year old. And then she decided to be a little weirdo. And so, but I have kids that I influence right now, nine damn so they're all in your are they all in your house uh i have visitation agreements and stuff like that with okay but yeah i see all of i see all of my children except for one um her mom's a super weirdo personally speaking i feel like maybe she just wanted to have a kid of mine because she's in a picture of my daughter and saw that i made cute babies (laughs) bro i know the shit that i say sounds so weird but but like people are the people do that shit dude i'm telling you she didn't she didn't let we didn't fuck for like the first three weeks that we was dating then she finally let me sleep with her ran out of condoms still did the damn thing both knowing and then i caught her looking at an ovulation chart like jeesh that's that's some and uh, then when she found out she was she was pregnant she broke up with me without telling me she just left and like (laughs) Then called or messaged me like two weeks later, like, oh, I'm pregnant. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, oh, uh, didn't want to keep the baby. Or at least that's what she was telling me. She was talking about an abortion. I talked her out of that. She was talking about an adoption. I talked her out of that. And now won't let me see the kid. <laughs> I'm like, bro. And want to make people think that I'm like a deadbeat. First off, bitch, I pay my child support. <laughs> I signed up on child support before the child, before the child was born. Like, I knew it was mine. She tried to lie to me and say it wasn't mine. Like, oh. dog, I'm like, yo, if those are, that's like, those are like the nightmare situations where like, mm-hmm. I just, I'm not, I'm not for like, that's when I'm like, I don't really give a shit about women's rights. <laughs> Hell oh. I mean, <laughs> really. when, when it comes, look, when it comes and this is what I be, this is what I, I get what they're saying. I definitely do. For the most part, it is their body and it should be their choice. What happens to their body? I do believe in choice. My thought process, though, is that the choice happens at the point where you're having the sex. Mm. If you didn't choose to protect yourself in some way, then I cannot be okay with you getting an abortion. Now, there's no 100% contraceptive other than abstinence. If you took every possible step and you had a miracle baby, then I might be able to excuse that because you did everything that you mm-hmm. possibly could do to prevent that situation. Would I still personally maybe feel some type of way about that? Yes. But no, I do not believe that a woman should have to have their rapist child. Mm-hmm. Um, if there is a, a health issue, then yes, the woman should choose her own life. Um, if that's what she wants to choose. Um, but if you just out here thoughtin', <laughs> if you just out here thoughtin' and not and not and not protecting yourself, lie in that bed you just made, 
or unmade, however you want to take it. But like, <laughs> you grown, you can't be mad that a that a, a, a you know how to make a baby. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know how to make a baby, so don't do what it takes to make a baby, and 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 try and and be mad when you get a baby. That's dumb. And then, at what point does the baby become? Like, when did they get body autonomy? Because personally, for me, the moment that they're conceived, they have body autonomy. Mm-hmm. Their body, their choice. And since they can't voice their choice, we have a responsibility to assume that they would like to live because every living being on the planet has one thing in common, the prerogative to live, to continue to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I really agree with that sentiment. Um, they They say only like... I think like 13% of abortions are because of rape, incest, or um, medical deficiencies. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, an overwhelming amount is like what you said, like, thotting. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> people, like, people, mm-hmm. like, there's something, like, I, I don't think the abortion should be taken away. I think that's something that people should still have the right to because mm-hmm. government can't legislate morality. It's yeah, never no. worked. Mm-hmm. But I do think um, it. it I think sometimes the idea of abortion takes away a sense of responsibility. Mm-hmm. People, you know, making reckless decisions. Like, you know, I'm I'm really thankful that I have my, you know, whole life really been conscious about, like, you know, when I'm having sex with people, like, I don't want a kid. I right? could have been a little bit better at that. <laughs> <laughs> I could have been a little bit better at that. Really. Uh. <laughs> I guess that was my thing is, like, it, it's it's weird. I feel like our generate like people my age and younger almost look at kids as like like a an actor. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It and look, because I got a lot. I got a whole I I can start a basketball team. I got first string, literally. So like and then we add my girlfriend's kids into it. I got some I got some B string too. Like so but um I I had a couple of scares recently where I had a girl pregnant. Do I need another fucking child? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a grown ass man and I knew exactly what the fuck I was doing. And as a man, I have to take responsibility for that. And responsibility for that does not mean end the potential of this being and it's very interesting to me that we call men who don't take responsibility of a child deadbeat but when a woman does it the Mm -hmm. only way a woman really can she's not called a deadbeat but her the baby is dead like and not to be overly harsh about the situation but there's very the only the the only it's very rare to see a to see a woman who is a deadbeat mom quote unquote because they don't have their child with them and because they drop that child upon the father and that kind of thing normally mm. women who are going to do that in my experience anyways i'm not a fucking expert <laughs> end up going and getting an abortion or like give it to their grandma or somebody you know something like that mm. but they don't normally leave the dad. I literally know one fucking, maybe two, but one that I can think of right off the top of my head who he's got complete custody of his children and mom's a deadbeat mom. So like, 
or child, because he was always pretty careful, except for the one time, obviously. <laughs> but, um, but uh, no, it's, it's definitely interesting. And then what uh, another thing that gets failed to be addressed in that conversation is, yeah, it is a metamorphosis that is happening in the woman's body. There are emotional ramifications, however, that affect more than just her and she is given the full power of the decision that child is also partially whoever the dude is i agree yeah it should be a joint like obviously at the end of the day it's her choice but it really should be like a joint like you hear those stories about men who are fucking devastated because mm-hmm. they you know they, i would have been like they they you know they maybe don't want to take on the responsibility but they get ready and then it's mm-hmm. just you know it's ended. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I didn't, and I didn't want to go through that either. You know, right, yeah. either either of those yeah, situations yeah. are bad. Yep. Be smart. Mm-hmm. Bag it. <laughs> <laughs> As a kid, I, I did my. Uh, oh, we had like a marketing class or something, but I made a giant. I had a giant Pez dispenser, and I put it inside a teddy bear, and it had one eye. So the teddy bear's name was One Eye Willie. <laughs> and the Pez dispenser, I set up so that it would dispense condoms. <laughs> And my slogan for the class was "Don't be silly, wrap your willy." I got an A. <laughs> I got an A. Didn't take my own advice. Could have used my own product. Yeah, right. <laughs> Didn't really learn the material. Uh, 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 uh. But I excelled in the class, and that there is the main issue with the American learning structure today. <laughs> Past the class, didn't learn a fucking lesson. <laughs> Uh, oh, oh gosh which funnily enough is why i do some of the music that i do is because it does teach things i try to be fucking honest in my music you don't really hear too much music about me balling through the roof or nothing <laughs> like that because i'm not <laughs> bitch i can't i got five kids you can just hear me <laughs> but, um, but i definitely talk about like causality and um choices and just being aware of what the fuck it is you're doing because that's the one thing that i was not taught be aware yeah motherfucker you 10 but at 10 years old you can make a choice right now to fuck up the rest of your life period go put your hand in that fire and let that motherfucker get burnt off watch how fucked up the rest of your life be as you walk around with one hand go put go steal the wrong thing from the wrong person and don't have a life anymore because that's the day and age that we live in now like you're yeah you're 10 but you are making big decisions Mm. little homie and so um i put that into my music there's one song um it is called mirror um broken mirror um and it is a letter from like alternate universe rich me who made it Mm. to broke non-successful me um and it is very honest with myself about myself. Like, bro, quit being scared of succeeding. Um, just because you don't know what that what that's gonna be like, what that's gonna feel like. Cause like I like I, like I said, I keep it banned. I am not a rich man monetarily. I have other wealth in my life with my kids and stuff. But as far as money goes, I got a lot of kids. I got a lot of mouths to feed, and I do what I have to in order to make sure that they get fed. So like. I don't have a whole lot of extra all the time. And that's what I write my music out of. That's where I get my inspiration, the struggle to attain that. So what the fuck happens if I attain that? 
Mm, yeah. Will I be able to write music anymore? If I do, will it be as meaningful? Would I have a savvy business deal and in my first two or three records make enough money that me and my kids can be set for life and nobody has to work or anything like that and fall off? And if so, would I be okay with that? At the end of the di- at the end of the day, this is a a skill that was developed to help me deal with the ass whoopings, to help me deal with the fact that my parents were divorced, and so I lived with the the side effects of those, which is both parents work all fucking day long. I'm the oldest brother. I've been taking care of kids my whole fucking life. Um, second oldest, I guess, on my dad's side, but oldest on my mom's side, and those are the like after that all the siblings are mine like full blood not that i consider my half brother any less of my brother Mm -hmm. or my half sister but um but that's what this that's what this came out of that was how that was how i i dealt with stuff was ouch that hurt me emotionally again i'm a classically trained dude so i can't really cry about it i put it into my music i listen to smooth R&B all the time but I make rap music and sometimes it is aggressive now like I said I'm not I don't try to speak on anything that I don't live so I'm not talking about all oh, I'm busting cash in people's ass and woo, 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 wop, wop. no no fam I'm not however I will put these hands to you I will make sure that you never deign to even think of me in any kind of light positive or negative ever again if you cross me the wrong way and i will do it musically people love music let somebody write a song about you that is talking shit and it's catchy (laughs) there's a reason why people get shot over diss tracks (laughs) when you got people People that you fuck with, yo, homies, humming a song that's talking shit about you. And here's the worst part. When you got a real good song, when it's a real thumper, <laughs> you get to humming the damn song yourself because everybody's listening to it. And it's just fucking there. Every time you turn on the radio, you fucking hear it. That shit will that shit will destroy you. And even though, um, well, yes, I actually have had my song on some internet radio stations and stuff. But, oh, tight. Um but when when I was in school, the way that I would make that happen is I would do the ludicrous thing. I would burn off 600 CDs, put them in a duffel bag, and take them to school and flood the school. And anybody who I had felt some type of way about knew. <laughs> and some of those kids change schools like <laughs> so so when i'm rapping i talk about i, I and it's funny that I said ludicrous because he is one of my um one of my influences um he's what you would consider a studio gangster not meaning that he's not hood he's not he's not um qualified to protect himself or anything like that it just means that he wasn't literally out there bussing gats slanging crack on the block all day every day you know what i'm saying (laughs) but he was able to use the terminology in a poetic way to describe his own hustle which 
a lot of it was selling CDs out of a out of the back seat or the back of his car and being an internet or uh, being a radio uh, not a uh, smaller radio personality and stuff like that before he actually broke into music and and whatnot. Um, a lot of my style is very similar to his because when I was growing up, that he was the hottest motherf- one of the hottest <laughs> motherfuckers around. Um, like Twista. Um, as far as new people, fuck with Kendrick. Mm, fuck yeah. Um, fuck with J. Cole. Um, even though J. Cole, he be, he be, he be making me mad sometimes. Like, <laughs> How so? He get on a feature for anybody else's track and go, fucking bananas. <laughs> just ape shit. Just raw beast. And then he t- becomes Professor Hulk. <laughs> on his own project ah uh, i can see that i can see that i can see what you're saying which is cool i like i mean i love all of his shit like i said i'm a, I'm one of his fans but bro sometimes we want to see you beast on your own shit like <laughs> we know you got it we know just give us one just give us one you know what i'm saying we know you got it don't get me wrong as a as a, i consider myself a lyricist i consider myself um to be a wordsmith i like to play with the words and I like to imbue a message into the into the song, so that's why I fuck with Cole because a lot of his songs are music with message, mm-hmm. and I love that. And I don't give a damn about a whole 15, 16 track album. That's nothing but that. But one, I just need one <laughs> slapper in between all the message because sometimes that one that one slapper actually ties all the all the the whole message in together, like this song is is an embodiment of me just acting out crazy this is the this is the i'm in the club drunk fuck the fighting niggas whoop 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 um that kind of thing that's what this song is but these other 10 songs on the outsides of it are the staircase that led to that again it's probably because my mom's english teacher but it's these kinds of things to me as an artist are always a story everything that you do with it to me is a story and so like when I do make a what I consider a nonsensical song about being in the club or big booty hoes clapping, whatever, <laughs> um, I there has been four or five songs about something that I was struggling with or a few things that I was struggling with and how mentally I was starting to deteriorate and that there was about to be a breaking point. Boom, here's the song. That song is the breaking point. And then the songs behind it are like recovery. Mm, that's interesting. So that's that's how you like lay out your projects. Then, yeah. Essentially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, I like I like the sentiment that you know you were saying with, you know, like that hunger, like there that hunger for being a rapper. Like I can imagine that someone loses that significantly when they, you know, find success. You know, there's you know this controversy that Eminem lost it. You know, mm-hmm. you can name you can name all these. I mean, not all of them do. You know, like Jay Z, Snoop. You know, yeah, I mean they're always killing it, but like. You know, yeah, there is something to like, you know, losing that. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot of easy, like, like you know, people want to be a rapper, but do you really want to like be a rapper? Do, do you yeah, really want to be famous? People don't understand what being something means. Oh, I want to be a rapper. Do you really? <laughs> do you really? Do you even know what that really means? Yeah. Do you know what it's like to put your, literally your soul, into a audio or visual format? And then place it in front of others to be judged. 
Yeah. I mean, your entire life, essentially, like like Eminem, like everything with Kim and all that, his mom. <laughs> Every single thing. And Every even things that don't happen that. when you're famous, things from before that. They mm. go back in, oh, well, back in the third grade, he <laughs> he did this and this and this. Bruh, I was seven. <laughs> yeah, I flicked a little Molly, Molly Wilcox with a booger. Like... <laughs> what do you mean you tweet when you're 15 that school's retarded yeah literally <laughs> like what is but that's that is um that's one thing that i do um touch on in uh one in a couple of my songs actually uh one of my favorite lines that i've ever dropped is trying means trying not trying means or no trying is trying not trying means failed mm. so obviously the word plays on the word trying but um trying to accomplish a goal is trying it's tiring there's tribulation there's but if you don't try and get through that trying period then you fail and so the only way to actually fail is to not try i'll even a lot of people say the only time you fail is when you give up i won't say that sometimes you have to give up that's just not working Hmm. now i gotta try something else the goal remains the same Mm-hmm. But if I'm not getting it to it on Avenue A, I need to leave Avenue A to fuck alone and go to Avenue B. So, and and that's kind of where the production thing um, mm-hmm. that we talked about earlier kind of stepped uh, steps into play a little bit. Is I'm cold. I say I'm cold with 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 the production. Um, I work with DJX um, when he records my stuff, and I have the honor to be able to still impart some knowledge upon somebody of his caliber and he's got real people in his fucking studio side of baby and and uh who else he said he had in there hell rail and just actual real names when they come mm. to des moines or anywhere nearby the few times that they actually do <laughs> they find their way into his studio and i have the the honor to be able to give him any kind of advice damn on on how to use um a digital audio workspace and so i would say i'm a little bit cold with it but like i may now that i'm starting to get older start leaning a little more heavier on the production side than the actual live performance side just because I'm getting a little bit older. I like to be in bed at like nine. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Now, now that might that might change if I'm you know on tour and successfully making music, and then my natural rhythm changes. But as of right now, shoot, nine ten o'clock. <laughs> Wake sounding, up early. Yeah, sound a real sound a real pillowish. <laughs> I feel that man. Yeah, I feel like that's you know because I I do rap and stuff. Like I feel like podcasting is always my focus because like there's something about that rap lifestyle that i'm just like i'm not 100 percent like i enjoy dabbling in it and like going to shows and stuff mm-hmm. um but yeah i couldn't you know I, even people local that you know haven't really made it like i couldn't do what they do i couldn't do their lifestyle that's my constantly weakest, promoting themselves and that's all my that weakest point i i swear to god that is the reason why i'm not quote unquote famous today is because I am an artist. I am not a marketer. I am not a promoter. I am not none of that other shit. I am an artist, and that don't get you shit. Period. People, listen. If you do music, and you thinking that you're so talented that somebody's just gonna hear your music magically and swoop you up and change your life, bippity boppity boop. <laughs> I promise you, it's not gonna happen to you. No. 
You can be the most talented person on the planet. But if the right people don't hear you and you don't put yourself in front of them, you're not getting it, period. And that was one of my biggest mistakes. I will present you my work and let it speak for itself. And that, I think, comes from my own personal sense of honor. I've always been that way. I try not to talk up about myself too much. Where I know I'm strong at, yes, I will tell you. But for the most part, when somebody be like, oh, you rap? I don't be like, yeah. Or be like, oh, yeah, nigga, I got bars. <laughs> I whip my phone out and I play a song. Mm. You tell me, do I rap? Because that's ultimately who chooses whether or not I actually rap. I could think I'm rapping all day long, but if nobody likes my shit, <laughs> yeah. then... And that's that's the other piece of advice I'd give other starting artists, starting and starving. Um, <laughs> your numbers are more important than your music. Sorry, but it's true. If you do not have a certain Instagram presence, which I do not have, if you do not have a certain presence within your town, which I do not have, which <laughs> <laughs> if you do not have a certain suaveness on multiple social media platforms which i do not have you are not going to get as far as you need but rejoice because that is the thing that you can learn you can't learn talent you can learn how to be a better marketer you can learn how to be more active on facebook through discipline and self and self-control you can teach yourself how to get in the habit of posting when you should what you should how you should what you cannot teach yourself is how to write a high 16 without some kind of a talent. Obviously, when I started writing my 16s, they wasn't hot. They was probably like baby bowl, baby pear, uh, yeah. baby bear, they porridge always cold, are. you know what I'm saying? But like, you you can work on it, but if you don't have any talent for it at all, then yeah, no, it's not going to happen. But even if you have all of the talent, I will say this, every one of you are the most talented person in the world. Assume that, believe that, live that, but also understand that that's not going to help you. Yeah. You're competing against a whole world of people mm -hmm. who are all, you have to assume are just as talented or more so talented than you. And so it really does come down to how well do I understand the rules of the game? Yeah. And the rules of the game are, they're not going to look at you until you make them look at you. How do you make some, a, a, a corporation and entity that makes billions of dollars on music or entertainment look at you by stealing their customers oh shit dude just made a made a gold track we just lost three hundred thousand dollars in that market over there because they decided to fuck with his tape over one of our artists we need to peek at that now they got your now they now you got their attention and it's much easier to absorb a threat into a business than it is to fight the threat so also be careful that when you do catch their eye and they do offer you something that you read all of your paperwork mm, accordingly yeah yeah don't be like a ECE you know yeah they fuck. will shelve you period they will buy you and pay you a million dollars simply so that you can't release your project so that the artist that they want to focus on and want to put out there doesn't have competition in that market. They will bench your ass quick. So 
if the label route is the way that somebody wants to go, they need to definitely be careful of that. Always have you a lawyer that mm-hmm. is accredited and all that. Don't do not use your shady Uncle Tom. Like I would not honestly have family involved in your business at all. Mm-hmm. As far as cutting you deals or or a way where they make commission off of you or anything like that, because you're gonna ruin one of the relationships, either the business relationship or the family relationship. Yeah, they'll mix. Yeah. Um, but always be always be very 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 aware of that kind of stuff. I got look, man. I've been I've, been, I've only like I try to say I only speak on things that I know about. I spent seven hundred dollars getting a quote unquote manager, almost signed a three sixty deal, which would have given him rights to all of my shit. Oh damn. And the only way that I figured it out is because I kept having other people double check because I can check up on somebody as much as I want to, but I'm only going to see and believe what I want to see and believe. And what I want to see and believe is that this person wants to give me millions of dollars to do my craft. So that's Mm -hmm. all I'm and I'm willing to give him seven hundred dollars as a fee in order to do that. And he tried to get a lot more money than that from me. But then I realized um, or then one of my cousins was like, no, don't deal with this dude. He actually did the same thing to our cousin um, Bozo and um, almost caught him up the same way. So I told dude that I wasn't going to sign it until I had a lawyer look over it. Um, He got to talk and he was like, oh, well, or he must have thought that I already signed it because he said something. And I was like, no, I'm not signing it until I um, I have a lawyer look over it and he was like oh I thought you already signed it I was like no I didn't you need to give me my money back like I got got for 700 I really did but that's one of the things that you learn it really is it's one of the things that you can't that's what being a rapper is yeah that's what being a rapper is is getting got for $700 more than once Uh, me personally maybe not more than once but like I'm sure that there will be another when I break into the next level of this. I'm sure there will be another situation that I don't know mm-hmm. that is involved with money like that. And I make an investment hoping that it improves what I got going on and it turns out to be a scam. Scared money don't make money, so I'll put money wherever I think it's going to, but if I don't have the time to or the acumen to clearly assess the situation, I might get got. And that's another thing. You have to be honest with yourself. Do you have enough know-how to be dealing with what the fuck you're dealing with? Mm. If not, get the motherfucker who does. Yeah. You know, and some people, some people are really hot-headed. You know, especially around here, people say that they're the best at something. Like, Iowa, it's like, you don't, you don't even know that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I like the confidence. Yeah, right. Well, I think, you know, I think the whole thing with, like, the label... I think that's changing a lot with, uh, yeah. you know, internet. And, um, I just switched over to DistroKid like a month ago, and it, just, it works great. It's oh, like that's 20- what I use. Yeah, that's what yeah. I use. Mm-hmm. I, I remember, uh, well, actually, I just got charged for, uh, I'm trying to cancel it, TuneCore. Mm-hmm. Like, because they, what they do is they get a recurring mm-hmm. deal. So I, like, I have an album and two singles through them. So mm-hmm. I just get charged $50 a year. But with DistroKid, it's like this flat 20 one, yep, one time. for everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really changing. It's kind of weird. Um, they're really good too. Um, while we're talking about DistroKid, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. they have a feature um, on the second level of membership where you can pick out um, your release date. Mm. And they messed up my release date, and I reached out to him and was like, "Bro, this was supposed to be dropped three days ago. What's going on?" And at first, I was met with, "Well, you know, because of holidays and COVID, and da da da. That's mm. fine." But I submitted it three weeks ago, like I'm supposed to. As an artist, this is embarrassing and it's hurtful to my brand because now my customers can't 
count on me to drop music when I said I was going to drop music. Mm. And um, they reached back and was like, you know what? You're right. We apologize. We're going to upgrade you to this, that, and the other. Oh. And they gave me a little bit of a refund um, because I did pay for, you know, the ability to pick out my pick out my day. And hmm. so they, they their customer service, as far as I've dealt with them, is very nice, which for me is a huge thing. I'm so strict on customer service. I will take multiple mistakes as long as your customer service handles it the right way. But if you got shitty customer service the first time, <laughs> bruh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once you've made that impression, it's kind of hard to, uh, mm-hmm. to get over that. Um, so obviously the last time I met you, uh, we had Ontario Phoenix on, Mm -hmm. um, and I, from my understand for, if I remember correctly, you guys, um, you know, when you were younger, you spent quite a bit of time together. He was living with you. Um, how, how has like, cause he, not to like, you know, um, you know, shadow you or anything, but he has like, you know, garnered quite a bit of success. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like has the, how has that affected you? Has that propelled you in any way? Like. Um, so it's a little bit of a roller coaster. Uh, cousin and I definitely had a strong 10 year period where we were not talking to each other and it was definitely, um, almost to blows. However, um, as always, I try to be very self-aware. I knew that there was potential for the creation of the spirit of hater in me in that situation. So when I wasn't talking to him, I didn't watch his music, period. Mm. I didn't watch anything that he was doing. He, like, just because I didn't want to give myself any kind of temptation of becoming a hater. So fast forward to when we um, reconcile. Mm. And it is very lovely to see this person that when I met them, was she he was still she in a pre you know pre-transformation and at that time we were so young that the idea of transgenderism was still very very yeah. very, very new a lot of people probably didn't even know what it was Mm-mm. and so um i got to see the the transformation from who he was into who he is on that level and musically. Um, I at, currently at this point use his success as a way to reassure myself that yes, I can do it. It is going to take a lot of hard things to do and it gives me some kind of structure though in order to somewhat follow which there is a lot of pride that go, that is entangled in, in, in that area, but I consider myself to be one of his mentors. I, when, when he approached me about becoming a he, that's exactly how he did it. I don't feel like I should be um, in this body. Can you teach me what it is to be a man? Hmm. And so I said, yeah, and I did that as best I knew how. I was fucking 21, <laughs> but I did that best as I knew how. And um, and in that also opened him up to rapping and mm. being actually 
visual about it and yes i actually do rap and because i mean every every artist usually starts out as an undercover like mm. i'm writing little songs and at home but you know getting him to the point where he was like yeah fuck it let's go on a stage and let's do this that and the other um so it is very exciting to get to the point as a mentor where now the person who i mentored has things that they can show me and mentor me with because like i said i always try to be very honest with myself i show i started teaching you how to make music and you surpassed me in making music as far as the numbers and maybe not the artistry but as far as the numbers mm. are concerned not to say that he's not an artistic <laughs> person. No, he's garnered but, a lot of success. Like but his that's, numbers that's how you do. That's how you gauge success in the music industry is the numbers. Doing it song versus song is too abstract. That's mm, a yeah. matter of opinion. The numbers are what we can call facts. And in fact, the way that I've been starting to try to build my numbers has been based off of things that I learned when I went on the trip to Atlanta with him mm. and by talking to him and figuring out what i could be doing better as far as marketing and things like that that motherfucker's really cold and always has been at switching through social media accounts in a 20 minute period will hit the at least three major ones i remember used when myspace was still out you used to hit myspace facebook was just coming out hit facebook and i think um i think like zanga or aim or something was still around and he would hit that too and like can keep up with it and keep the the conversations in line for me i can't do that you can hit me on facebook definitely you can hit me on snapchat and i will interact with you in messages on snapchat sometimes i'll post on snapchat same thing with as you know on instagram i rarely even message back on instagram <laughs> because i'm not on there a whole lot um, which is horrible. I should be on all of that all of the time. And that's, that's me knowing me. That's what I need. If I were, if I, somebody just gave me a hundred thousand dollars to put into my career, that's what it would be spent on. It would not be spent on recording equipment or studio time or anything like that. It would be spent on a marketing team mm. and a, uh, coach to teach me how, or the discipline of con- continuously doing those kinds of things. There are ways that I could be automating it and I've tried, but it still takes an eye of what to post there is an appropriate way to post there is an appropriate time to post there is an appropriate time to post the thing that you're posting videos are better received at certain times um videos are usually received better than just an audio clip that you have to go to for set like soundcloud or something like that um you get more views than you get likes because the view counter just automatically clicked counts it after a few seconds Mm -hmm. in the stories and stuff like that and you have to know those things you absolutely have to know how to trigger the algorithms the right way otherwise not only will you not gain followers but you can hurt yourself um and lose followers and lose access to some of Mm -hmm. these platforms especially like spotify with the bots and stuff that be on there giving fake plays if you don't do it the right way and they feel like your plays are fake they will mm. remove your song. And even if those oh, are all shit. organic plays and all organic, um, you know, fans that you built on that song, if it doesn't register with their algorithm the right way, they're going to take it down. So, like, Jeez, I didn't know that. It's recent. Oh, okay. Hmm. 
last uh last like six months year or so something like that <laughs> but uh i listened to a a youtuber named Brandman sean who, that i get um a lot of this information from um i also listen to smart rapper smartrapper.com <laughs> um it, granted i've never actually heard of one of the dude's songs who does it but he's got his receipts his numbers and stuff like that so he makes enough money doing what he does in order to be able to do it all day and not work a regular job so he's obviously doing something better than me <laughs> you feel me yeah no uh that uh that's great that you like you know learn you know i think the best way to learn that kind of stuff is through family like it's one of the best ways like having that having that connection and i you know i could use that lesson because i suck at the marketing mm -hmm. like I, i'm terrible like like you know post i don't know there's just something about how i post that i just know isn't the right way to do it but you don't know what the right way yeah, is exactly exactly mm -hmm. um i'm actually so i'm in school right now and i'm actually taking a marketing class mm -hmm. in the fall so because i you know uh <clears throat> I'm getting associates in video production, you know, oh, yeah. but then associates you need to like, you know, they add however many bullshit classes. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, that was one of the bullshit classes is marketing. So well, look, I'm man, gonna... if you need a project, hit me up. You can market my stuff. I'll let you do it. <laughs> be better than what I'm doing now. Just to be honest. I mean, I, I've watched a few videos and I teach myself a little bit, but again, it's about consistency. Yeah. And I'd say the hardest thing for me with being a artist is the fact that I do have kids. Now, don't get me wrong, babies, if you hear this in a couple years, I love y'all. <laughs> I would never get y'all up for nothing. But it does make it hard to do what you need to do. Personally speaking, for my craft, I live in a box as long as I got me some food in my belly. And, like, if I was in, like, Miami or, you know, something like that where outside ain't as cold... I would sleep in a fucking car while I fucking try to make it. I, it's shit. It's what I want to do. Like, I'm that dedicated to it. But I can't do that with kids. And so I'll meet opportunities that I have to turn down. Because I have to put my children ahead mm. of that in that situation. Where, like, I can spend $500 to go do a show when you're including, like, flight and hotel and eating money and stuff like that or to go to a seminar or anything like that or i can spend five hundred dollars and get the new school clothes or the car broke down mm, yeah which being a mechanic is a little cheaper for me but still like life 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 really does happen and that will that is one thing that i would say um, artists who don't have children have an edge over artists who do have children mm. in is because the the choices that they make don't reverberate mm. as hard to other people's lives in most cases I know some people take care of their grandmama and you know their mom and stuff like that but yeah. like when it's your child it, you are the guy mm. And I, you know, again, not to take away from nobody's situation. Sometimes your mama, that that's you all they got. But like, kids are not grown. You brought them here. It is your responsibility to take care of them. Period. Yeah. And uh, sometimes that means being selfish for them on on their behalf. And but sometimes it does also mean being selfish on your own behalf. 
Yeah. Have I taken trips and not brought the kids? Yeah, because I have to. Would they consider that to be selfish? Probably, because did dad have fun? Yeah, I wouldn't have fun doing the thing that I love to do. But it's also in steps to make a better future yeah. for you. Like, Well, you just can't, you can't dedicate 100% of yourself. I mean, it's just impossible. So, but, I mean, and it's a lot, it's very similar with unsupportive um, significant others and artists. If they don't have their own life outside of their relationship in a job, they're not going to survive being an artist's significant other. Like, because being somebody's significant other is a large chunk of time responsibility. You do maintenance on people that you're in relationships with. And when you're in a romantic relationship, it's usually a daily maintenance. Hey, babe, how you doing? Mm, let me give you a kiss to let you know that I love you. Oh, let me take you out to dinner because I haven't spent no time with you this week because I've been at work. Now imagine that you can't do that because you're somewhat successful and you're on tour around the country. Mm. Not to mention you're in an industry that is known for hoes and sluts and drugs and all that other stuff. And this person who is not prepared to be your partner because they have insecurities of a certain type. Maybe they are justified in those insecurities because you've made them that way because you weren't faithful or didn't keep it 100 or whatever it was. But... Now they blowing up your phone, fucking up your venue because they came in there causing a fucking scene, making it hard for people to work with you because mm. they are coming to be ghetto as fuck and set shit up and just it it will either destroy you, destroy them or destroy the both of y'all. And it's kind of similar with the kids. Obviously, you don't have an option about getting rid of the kids. Men, you do not have an option about getting rid of your kids. Period. If you made a baby, take care of the baby. If not, you're a bitch. <laughs> I choose you that. <laughs> Period. Um, but uh, but you can't. So you can't really walk away from the kids. But they do understand. My kids will see me making a song, and now they know. Like, oh, shh, be quiet. That's right. Or they'll be like, um. Like, my, my daughter tries to write now so that she can <laughs> make her own songs and stuff like that, which I'm all for. I'm all for That's yeah. awesome. Right away. Uh, as soon as you got it written, let me know. I'll record you. Get it popping. Daddy got distro kid. You'll be the only kid in your school with an album on, on, on sale, bro. I promise you. Um, but, uh, or my son, like, I got a video of him. Oh, my God. I don't even know where it is anymore. But I got a video of him when he was, like, two. He's on my mic setup. And he's rapping about kid life, like, and he's too, so he doesn't really know how to talk. So you can see him like oversized headphones, and he's going to the beat, like nodding, like doing the doing the thug rock. And he's like, he's he was rapping about his sister. All I know is he said something like, "Yeah, I'm two. My little sister Kiki, she pee and she poop." I'm like, oh, the. F <laughs> he said, "Yeah." I'm like, "Oh man." So they they have fun with it as much as they can, and they actually are one of my main gauges for my songs. If I play a song and they don't like it, that one does not get released. <laughs> if the babies don't dance to it, it's trash. Period. That's like, look at the fucking song "Baby Shark." That song is annoying as fuck. <laughs> but now they got a whole TV show and shit because every child in the world tapped their toe to it. That whoever Pink Fong is made a bajazillion dollars. Yeah. 
Look at the Wiggles, man. Yeah, like Wiggles killed it. <laughs> and they've been going for a long time. Molly, look that up. I'm, I'm curious how much the Wiggles are worth. <laughs> All these rappers out here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if the Wiggles they're, got. They're not. They're not in the Wiggles part. Uh, how much are the Wiggles worth? Twenty million. Holy shit! Jesus. <laughs> substantial sum that rivals God. any other notable musician yeah 20 million dollars off of kids songs dude jesus that's like uh yeah that's like up there it's like pe- yeah. people have made it yeah they made it no they, they definitely made it damn they got a lot a lot tougher crowd though kids are ruthless <laughs> dude kids are so fucking ruthless it's yeah, so but don't ruthless. they probably like with the Wiggles? They're probably just like entranced by the fact that it's the Wiggles. The fact that they made it to the point where they could instantly entrance the kids is the is the magic of it. <laughs> because when you're not known and you're trying to break in to be an artist, it's hard enough to convince an adult to be like, "Hey, I know you don't know me. Here's my song, though." But when you go up to a kid, bro, my do- they don't have filters. Nah, this shit sucks. <laughs> Swear to God, I made a song, um, and I'm just doing a little bit of singing. Which, if you know me personally, I can't really sing all that well. I'm not like super trash, but I'm definitely not. Shouldn't probably be recording it. <laughs> but I did one where I was singing a little bit, experimenting with a little bit of auto tune and stuff like that, trying to figure out, you know, if I can get that kind of a sound. And so I go to show it to my daughter, and I was like, okay, so Daddy did a little different. I did a little singing song. She was like. Daddy. <laughs> she was like she's like but you're not a good i mean you're better at rapping <laughs> we're, we're, she's learning she's learning filters but she's like you're better at rapping i said no it's okay to say i'm not good at singing because your boy knows he's not good at singing but just listen you know and so she listened to it and she was like oh you're like drake singing okay <laughs> Okay, you know this is good. Yeah, I like this. This is this is though. I thought she was like singing, singing, and I'm like, <laughs> like that. Obviously, it didn't hurt my feelings at the time or at, ever really. But like, that would hurt. Like now, imagine that multiplied by a hundred thousand kids in the stadium. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's who you have to convince to convince because they don't even have their own money. They have to convince their parents <laughs> that you are something good to invest their money. You made twenty million off of that. That was your gamble? Shit, motherfucker. You did a motherfucking... Woo, you did the thing. <laughs> yeah, and if you piss off that many kids, you pissed off uh, three times as many people because you mm-hmm. pissed off the parents. Exactly. <laughs> the parents that took them. They're like, come exactly. a kid to even like this. <laughs> exactly. Three times the pressure. <laughs> and like uh, an adult riot you can handle with, with security. What do you handle rioting toddlers with? Like, there's not enough nannies in the world. But uh, yeah, no, that's that's interesting. They made twenty million dollars. Shit, they didn't. I I I feel like the Wiggles behind the scenes are just fucking savages. Like you you would think like like people who like have that persona of a kid persona, they're probably they, once they clock off, they're probably calling hookers, yeah. doing coke. Yeah. <laughs> doing I mean, ain't that shit. what happened? To, ain't that what happened to um, Steve from Blues Clues? So he joined a band. I don't know. I guess I I I would assume that. Or I, I wouldn't assume. I would not be surprised if he did plenty of that in his. But yeah, I mean, why don't you look that up? What? What happened to Steve? Yeah, what happened to Steve? Because he, because he's, a, he's in a band. I know that. Yeah, he's in a band. He went on to pursue other. I heard he died. Things. 
Did he die? I heard he died. It could have been just an internet rumor, though. Yeah, I I remember he was going to go to college, but I don't think that really worked out for him. He oh, took on other acting oh, roles. I've actually seen him in some stuff then. Okay. I just didn't know that was Steve. He looked so different. Damn. Uh, looks like he looks like he started using heroin or something. No. <laughs> <laughs> what? It was a porn star. It wasn't him. Oh. It. Wait, that died. Oh. Oh. Uh, uh, so he didn't actually go to jail. Okay. <laughs> Damn, I didn't even read the heroin part. I was just That's guessing. Funny. He looks like he's on heroin. Like that 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 second picture, the the one with the glasses. Yeah, yeah. he looks like he's on heroin. Well, he went bald. <laughs> Balding, yeah. He went bald really early, and that was part of the reason he quit. Oh, I didn't know that. Early, yeah. early male pattern baldness. Get him married time, man. <laughs> Damn. That's funny, though, because Steve is really, like, even though I was a teenager when that came out, I had a, my brother is eight years younger than me. Actually, you might have heard of him, Typo. <clears throat> um, yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, that's my little bro. Um, But uh, he was, he grew up on Blue's Clues, and so, like, <laughs> It's hard for me to even check my mail without going, here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. Like, even saying the word mail make, triggers the song in my head. I'm like, dude, fuck up. You were like 14 when I, like, <laughs> <laughs> but I really, or no, I wasn't 14. When, yeah, I was about 14 when that came out. But, like, I loved my brother, so he got to control the TV a lot. But, like, it's so weird looking back on, like, those old kid shows. Like, how fucking crazy. Like, Teletubbies? That is an insane concept. Like, they're elves with TVs in their stomach or something. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. Like not, and I don't. Even, I mean, they're just Teletubbies. I mean, they're they're not even really related to anything. It's its own thing. Yeah, they have televisions. There's a son. There's a son that's a baby that yeah. cries, and they live in like a hobbit hole. Yeah. and they have a vacuum. Exactly. Was it their best friends? The vacuum, right? You knew. What? You knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. God. You no, know, what I realized is that um, Disney's music writers. Those guys are actually pretty hot. They some geniuses. <laughs> I, I, five out of or four out of my five biological children are girls. Hmm. So I watch a lot of Disney. <laughs> and let me tell you, some of that shit slaps. Like, um, "Be Prepared" by Scar in the original Lion King. That song is a jabber he straight smooth told him the whole everything bro we finna kill mufasa it was a diss track if you didn't catch that it was a diss track he wasn't paying attention and the xylophone part in it that was ham like what like okay he did it with a little he did it with a little flair on it too um what is what's another good one um uh i can show you the world is that the name of the song the one where they're on yeah Mm. Or a whole new world. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, a really a, a decent ass love song. It really is. Like, especially when you actually take into what the story. Like, it's teenagers and they've been told no for various reasons that they can't do these things. And now they're literally flying on a magic carpet. And dudes finna pull the princess, and he got some swag on him. Like. <laughs> I'm like, okay, these songs are maybe I'm just a parent parent, but like <laughs> they 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 definitely slap. I have definitely taken into um into my routine listening to um uh, like 
dubstep or edm versions of those songs with my kids <laughs> that's the only way i get through like baby shark like those kinds of fads is i will find a child artist or artist that works for children who does those kinds of songs hmm. and they the baby shark version i listen to the r&b version of baby shark that motherfucker jump that's a jumper right there <laughs> and the dance that go with it too oh killing it killing it Damn. but yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd be bored at work thinking about it. <laughs> I'd be bored at work like, man, how, how many more ways can I make money in music? Like, how can I do it? You know, I was always more drawn towards Pixar. And I never, I don't know. Like, there's this, like, just this negative. Stuff. <laughs> fuck yeah, fuck yeah. They make you, like, they make you cry, man. Like, yeah, almost every stuff. time. They do good stuff. But uh, I don't know. I, like, something probably just about my negative upbringing. Like, mm-hmm. I just found something so cheesy in, like, those Disney sing-song, yeah. you know, movies. And I just, like, I I don't know. Like, You do realize Pixar is Disney Pixar. No, I now, get that. But it's it's different, though. Now, yeah. Pixar animation I, studios are different, different than, like, the Disney. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand they're the same company, but they have a different direct. I don't think Pixar has ever... I don't think they've ever done something with music, have they? Like music, like like I don't think they've ever like made a movie. Snow Whitey. Yeah, yeah. I don't think no, they've don't ever done anything so. like that. They do like they're they all film. Toy Story and yeah. uh, Monsters. Let's Inc. count Ran- uh, Randy Newman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, that. Well, shit, man. Uh, we've been going for a hot minute. Yeah. I think this might be a good place to wrap up. That's cool. Um, well, uh, before we go, uh, is there anything else you want to mention or you want to mention your uh, um, socials or anything like that? Kalima420 on Instagram. Uh, you can look for me on Spotify. Uh, let's see. I will be actually putting in the song tonight mm. to DistroKid. So coming soon will be a new song called Mozambique. Uh, mm. If I could play it on my phone, maybe. I don't know how well that would pick up, but... Um, there might be a potential copyright issue anyway oh, so yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're it's, right, you're it's right. not really i mean it, the likelihood's low it's probably not that big of a deal but i have you know on youtube gun have you deal Damn. yeah copyright shit i mean i don't make money so it's not really that but you know if there's a if there was a point where i would make yeah, money those videos would not be able to do it yeah so man that's <laughs> well that's just that's just weird to think about because i have done a little research to be an artist and i know mm-hmm. that technically speaking there's certain like everything once it's been released is technically free to the public to use. However, it's free at like a certain rate and you have to do mm-hmm. a certain thing. You have to write them and give them like a notice of intent to use their oh, song or something in the thing. And then they have to you have to give them like seven weeks to yeah. respond to it the appropriate way. And then if they don't respond, you automatically get the for certain things i may it was obviously a quick read and like but for certain things um you get the right to use it and then if it becomes an issue you pay them whatever the market value of Mm. of using a song doesn't even have to be that song so like if i did it with like billy jean or something like that and it slipped through the cracks somehow it could be like pennies on the dollar of what i would have owed versus wise however no yeah you write copyright <laughs> yeah it is a lot like for music and stuff though it is a lot easier yeah. to like slip through the cracks these days because you just kind of rely on the algorithm mm-hmm. call me god fucking a kalima yes yes <laughs> it's been a hell of a time brother yeah. thanks for coming on 
Um, shit. I think stay, stay tuned. Next week we have Kill Phantom. Feel can't Kill Phantom with a B at the end though. So it's like Tomb. Mm. Phantom. Mm, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I like that. He's got some interesting like rage rap type stuff. Mm, it's an interesting, interesting genre. Yeah, I recommend checking him out. That is that is one thing I'm I'm starting to like to see in uh in rap is like it's a little irritating, but at the same time I love it. When I was growing up in rap, it was gangster rap, East Coast rap, <laughs> West Coast rap, but both East Coast and West Coast rap were types of gangster rap. Now you've got like it's everywhere. It's a yeah. Now you have more like alternative raps, like like punk rock types of raps. Mm, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I guess Juice World's kind of like that a little bit. Mm, yeah. Um, SoundCloud poppy. Yeah. Type stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That lets you actually speak on your emotions because <laughs> rap do is not necessarily an emotional <laughs> genre. Yeah, it's it's come a long way, man. Yeah, it, it's it's a lot. To, you know, people have the stigma, but it's it's a lot different. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. Yep. We're gonna get out of here. Have a good evening. Hope you've been chilling, smoking, drinking, doing whatever. Most definitely. Yeah. We'll have a good evening. It is my best friend's birthday today, so I guess I should say <laughs> happy birthday, Taylor. Hey. Uh, you've been there for, for me through a few different things, so when we go out tonight, you know I got your back. Hell oh, yeah. P.S. Anybody dumb enough out here to think that they really finna actually celebrate National Rape Day? <laughs> Come holla at me. I got I got something for you, ass. <laughs> I got something for you, goofy ass. You know, we actually have a special episode for now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so bring him in. Bring him in. Set him up, Dano. Set him up. I got some. I got some aggression. I don't think anybody would ever really would ever really convict me for that. You, you did what? He put you put the hands on him. Yeah, yeah. Give this man a key to the city. <laughs> Uh, Kalima, you've been a pleasure. Great person to have on. Hope to have you on again soon. All right, man. Definitely look forward to working with you in the future. Tight. All right. Peace, everybody. Have a good one. Thank you for everybody um, for tuning in today's episode um, with Kalima. There you go. I got it right. I got it right. I got it right. Um, <laughs> I can't really even pronounce I guess I already mentioned it. Um, Phantom. Tomb. It's like Tom, but it's Tomb. I don't know. He can probably pronounce it, or maybe he'll just spell it out. Who knows? Um, but yeah, um, thanks everybody for watching, listening to the episode. It was a good time. Um, stay safe. Keep rocking. Peace. Have a good one. <laughs>